Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, March 20th, 2020. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. And I am Broadway star's James Marino. James, before we get started, um, I want to remind everybody, if you haven't noticed, on Thursday afternoon, we dropped the latest episode of Some Like a Pop, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist Edition into the regular feed. Mm -hmm. We figured if you've got nothing else to do, I mean... You're sitting around, quarantined, social distancing. Why don't you spend two hours? Yes, nearly two hours, an hour and 55 minutes with Jennifer McHugh and I breaking down not one, but two episodes of Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. And then we give you um, our top five things that are making us smile at the moment. So uh, two hours to kill. Head over into the feed. It is normally just a Patreon only thing. But we wanted to share that with all of you since everybody's got more podcast time right now. So take a listen to that. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you're thinking of Zoe's. Also, James, we want to make sure that we send out a uh, this is the first time that we've really heard a, a at least a Broadway related performer testing positive for the COVID-19 virus. Broadway alum Daniel Day Kim, who played uh, the Kim, was a replacement as the King in The King and I uh, at Lincoln Center a few seasons ago. He tested positive and is currently in quarantine. He is also on Hawaii Five-0, and I first knew him from uh, from Lost. Um, I know that he was at one of the final performances of of Grand Horizons on Broadway, seeing his King and I co-star Ashley Park. So hopefully mm. he didn't transmit it around there as well. Uh, but we're saying our best to him. And one other thing before we get into the news, um, former Tell Me More slash uh, Tony's Omnibus episode guest Deep Tran um, has a really fantastic article about things that you can do to help out members of the theater community who might need a little bit of a helping hand during this um, crazy uncertain time uh, so if you want to check that out that will be in the show notes Deep wrote this at broadway.com that is her new employer yes she went oh, moved really? over from American I... Theater to uh, to broadway.com I think in February uh, but yeah she is a new features editor or something like that at broadway.com oh nice congratulations Deep sorry I missed that uh, announcement all right. So uh, you began this, but uh, give us more about the COVID-19 updates. OK. All right, James. So the first thing that I want to talk about is that a group of Congress people wrote a letter to the House of Representatives leadership of both parties and committed to supporting members of the arts and entertainment community who had been impacted by the coronavirus related shutdowns. They also encouraged the leadership of both parties to make sure that this becomes a priority when it is appropriate on the House floor. Representative Adam Schiff of California spearheaded the efforts, which also featured three dozen signatures from, unsurprisingly, all Democratic representatives from across the country, but especially featuring those from California and New York. The letter read in part, quote, in particular, we urge you to include protections for freelance and contract workers in the entertainment industry who have lost work because of coronavirus-related cancellations or postponements. For every worker or performer on stage or in front of the camera, there are dozens more who make their living in this industry, an industry in crisis, with virtually every workplace in the country shut down over the past week. 
Actors Equity responded with a statement reading, quote, countless actors, stage managers, and everyone who works in the arts and entertainment are out of work and wondering how they will make their next rent payment. We are grateful for the leadership of Representative Schiff and all members of Congress who have made it clear they understand arts workers need to be protected during this unprecedented health emergency. We will continue to work in partnership with our entertainment unions to make the case that Congress must act. Now, James, as the initial vital legislation is slowly, but I guess surely, getting approved by various bodies in Washington and around the country, I hope that in the subsequent round of bills, because obviously it's not just going to be a one-time thing, uh, but in the subsequent rounds of bills that arts workers become a priority and are um, realized, uh, it's realized how much of their lives have been devastated by all of these shutdowns. Yeah, this is... uh... I, I don't know what to say about this because it, it it's so vast and there's so many people across so many industries that uh, are going to need help here. But this is why we need a strong central federal government because this is the role of government to keep us protected in times of war and in times of national emergency. Yeah. Um, I, and then it's- there's the Met Opera. Yeah, and then there's the Met Opera because yesterday, James, the Metropolitan Opera, which is the country's largest performing arts organization, they announced that they canceled the remainder of their season through May 9th. They had canceled uh, already canceled things through the end of March. But with this announcement, the Met's full-time union employees have all been let go. They have been offered pay through March with health care coverage continuing, continuing throughout the crisis, but they have been relieved of their jobs at the Met. The higher paid members of the company's administrative staff are taking reductions in their pay, with general manager Peter Gelb waiving his entire salary. Now, James, I don't know anything about New York City or state unemployment laws, but from what people are saying that the reason this happened, rather than waiting it out, was so that those workers could be able to apply for unemployment. And I don't know the financial structure of the Met but it seems that they could have at least paid out through May 9th. I don't I before firing people. I don't know. I don't know enough about all this stuff, but it's sad. And it's it's uh, it's another, you know, tragedy in what is just a series of really crappy news uh, following this. And it's only the first week. I mean, this literally happened less than a week after Broadway shut down. There's only going to be more of this to come. I don't know. Um, maybe I'm just reading the headlines and not getting the full story here, but the, they only laid off the union employees. So, Correct. Did, so this non-union – the non-union employees wouldn't benefit from the same treatment of unemployment insurance and things? I'm, ge- I'm guessing what it has to do with is that the union employees – and I'm just guessing based off the way that this press release reads – is that – they are tied in contractually through the end of the season where the administrative people who are obviously not union members um, are actually salaried full time. Does that make sense? Like the, the, yeah, the musicians, the chorus people, the singers, they are just contracted for a season at the Met. And since they've canceled the remainder of the season, that's why they were let go. Whereas the front office people, they were not let go. Because they are more year-round full-time employees. That's that was my understanding from the press release, but I, I do not know that to be true. That's just what I assumed. Well, my goodness. Well, what what, what is the COVID nineteen theatrical impact? 
So that's kind of like the big picture stuff, the Congress stuff, and then obviously the Met, which is not Broadway, but it's tangential. Um, but there are some things hitting a bit closer to home in the theater community that we learned about on Thursday. Yesterday, the New York Theater Review aggregating website, showscore.com or show-score.com, announced that they would be shutting down operations beginning today. However, they did indicate that they were planning to resume operations both on the site and with their members' social events once theater returns to New York. Um, obviously, as a review aggregator, James, there's not much to aggregate uh, right now. And with social distancing, they can't really do a lot of social events. Um, so I hope that they're able to get back up. But it's something I'm going to talk about here in a little bit. A lot of things that are closing down now, I see a very bleak future to reopen. So I hope that's not the case with ShowScore. Well, what I was really hoping with with ShowScore is that they could have taken this platform and reviewed all the television and film and streaming things that are happening right now to make recommendations. Like everybody's saying to me, what can I watch? What can I watch? I'm like, there's so much. And, and, and what platform is it on? Is it on Hulu? Is it on Netflix? Is it on Broadway HD? I mean, ShowScore could have really pivoted and done great work here. I'm, I'm sad that they're, they're taking a hiatus right now. But what, what else were you going to say? Well, going off of that, I will mention that um, I've mentioned something similar to this, but my Caitlin Milligan, who used to be a contributor on Broadway radio over at Broadway World, she put together a list of 157 musicals, like musical movies, stage captures or musical TV shows that you can get on Broadway radio. I didn't or on Broadway. uh, No, on the Internet. I'm sorry. This list is on Broadway (laughs) World. There's too many Broadway things in my life. Um, I wasn't going to throw that link in here because I've mentioned something similar recently, Mm -hmm. um, but it has 157 different things. It has where you can get it and actually has links to them uh, as well. So, uh, yeah, everything from Barbara, the music, the memories, the magic to Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, to um, Tangled, to the 1955 original film of Oklahoma, and everything in between. Uh, There's a bunch of stuff, so I will throw that in the show notes. Uh, I kept it flagged just for my own personal use, Yeah, Uh, but I will uh, throw it in there because that's something that if people are looking for stuff to watch, it's a great list for that stuff. All right. Speaking of that, James, I I presupposed this on yesterday's show with Ashley. But on Thursday, the National Theater in London announced that they were exploring options to be able to stream their entire collection of NT Live programming. In a post on their social media accounts, they said, quote, at this stage, we are very actively looking at what we can offer to audiences while the National Theater is closed. We hope to have more news on that very soon. James, I they need to do this because I would watch the poop emoji out of their library. (laughs) I'm assuming that a lot of what they have to do is, um, one figure out, um, how this works with unions. Obviously all the union stuff in, uh, the UK is different than it is in the U S but then also they'd have to find a way to get them up and streaming and a platform that they can do it quickly. But if the, if the national theater can figure this out, I think this will be a great opportunity to keep people entertained, but also for them to hopefully make a little bit of money because they've done such phenomenal work in terms of capturing their truly one of a kind material that I, I hope that they are able to uh, to do this and do this quickly. Wow, that's really, really cool. Uh, I'm so excited about that. I mean, if we can all just, uh, you know, relax in our house and see 150 different uh, streaming productions and 
uh, that Caitlin has collected and now the NT stuff. Uh, did you ever see the uh, War Horse uh, NT live? Um, where it's just not it. Not in Teal, but I saw the I saw the tour of Warhorse. Well, the they did in uh, the head Warhorse. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was Warhorse that I I saw was from National Theater. Yeah, um, and uh, it, it was very very good. And so if you didn't get a chance to actually, you know, be spoiled like Matt Semenini and see it live on stage, then at <laughs> least you... <laughs> I saw it on tour. I guarantee you saw it on Broadway, so I don't want to hear it from you. Yeah, um, yeah. First world problems. Hashtag. Yeah, exactly. Uh, finally, in this section, James, yesterday it was announced that the West End production of Thriller, when it played its 4,657th performance last Sunday, March 15th, that it had actually, in fact, been its final performance in the West End. Ooh. It had already been announced uh that it would be closing on april 28th so this isn't a huge surprise but instead they have decided that they will shut down during this hiatus now james i recorded a 45 to 50 minute conversation with oliver roth on thursday which will be in the podcast feeds either on friday or saturday depending on when i can get it edited and put together and we we didn't predict necessarily what shows would be going down a similar route on Broadway, but in big numbers and big pictures, I told him that I could see a group of 16 to 20 shows that could be facing a decision whether to shutter rather than open or reopen after this closure ends. Obviously it depends on a lot of things, including how long this closure lasts. But I think that we could see a lot of shows that we either, um, saw in early previews or had just recently opened or hadn't even started previews yet, just throw up their hands and say, we can't make this work for whatever reasons. Um, and, and Oliver and I got in depth into it um, in our conversation, which you'll be able to hear in the next day or so um, as to why that might be for different productions. Um, so take a listen to that. But I, I have a feeling that we were going to be getting a lot more of these announcements uh, very, very soon. Uh, and there it's it's going to be a, a really, really rough time for a ton of Broadway shows in the next few weeks. Well, you know what this means? That we need some feel good recommendations. Well, before we have some feel good recommendations, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was thinking maybe uh, if that were if, if that type of 16 to 20 shows were to open up that many theaters, it, it would definitely mean that uh, Clay and Ruben can come back to Broadway, right? I mean, forget Christmas. They could just have a, a year-round residency, as far as and I'm the concerned. Illusionists and yeah, uh, yeah. Re Rebecca, um, Rebecca. Oh, nerds, yeah. nerds. Love it. Bring it back, nerds. Yeah. All right. Uh, what's your feel-good recommendation? I have a ton of them today, and okay. some of them. A lot of them are things that are upcoming. I've been trying to give you some things to watch, but I'm giving you some things to plan for in today's recommendations. The first one is the biggest one. If you are uh, a, a child of the 90s like I was, chances are that after school, many days, if you were a theater-loving person, you turned on the Rosie O'Donnell show after you got home from school. Well, Rosie O'Donnell will be bringing back her Emmy Award-winning show, 
for one night only. It will be live streamed in support of the Actors Fund, and it will be found on Broadway.com and Broadway.com's YouTube channel. This came as an idea from Eric Bergen, um, and he just apparently DM'd her and said, hey, we should do this. So Rosie O'Donnell is getting the gang together. John McDaniel, John McDee and the McDL3s will be back, I assume, as well. I don't know about the McDL3s, but at least John McDaniel will be back. And they are going to have an incredible group of Broadway stars joining the show. Wait. Um, are, yes. Are they violating the Tamanini rule? No, I am sure that this is all going to be done remotely. I would be shocked if it's not. So I don't know. I'm assuming they're not going to be violating the rules, but uh, especially because Seth Rudetsky, who used to be a writer on the Rosie O'Donnell show, he is going to be one of the guests. So I'm assuming with him being very big on keeping people. Oh, yeah. No, here it is. It says uh, they all be in the comfort of their own homes. So we're good there. Uh, but it's going to include people like Sebastian Arcellus, Skylar Aston, Stephanie J. Block, Matthew Broderick, Titus Burgess, Norbert Leo Butts, Kristen Chenoweth, Gavin Creel, Darren Chris, Gloria Estefan, Jesse Tyler Ferguson, Harvey Firestein, Morgan Freeman, Neil Patrick Harris, Megan Hilty, Judith Light, Barry Manilow, Rob McClure, Audrey McDonald, Catherine McPhee, Alan Menken, Adina Menzel, Stokes, Kelly O'Hara, Sarah Jessica Parker, uh, Ben Platt, Billy Porter, Andrew Reynolds, Cheetah Rivera, Morgan and uh, Miranda Sings, Adrian Warren, and more. Um, it is going to be a ridiculous thing. So this is happening on March 22nd, which, um, if I can see my calendar in the dark. Monday? It, uh, Sunday. March 22nd is Sunday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. That'll, again, be on Broadway.com and Broadway.com's YouTube channel. Two now, predictions. If, yes. Were you, you going to talk about uh, uh, the Broadway.com live rosie o'donnell live stream or were you pivoting to something else i was going to pivot to something else so give me your predictions i have two predictions okay, okay. first prediction i'm going way out on a limb here tom cruise is going to show up on this thing i think that is so far out on a limb i think it broke and you've already <laughs> found it. It broken your arm and got a cast that says connor on it all right um well you will be found and then the second thing is is that is that um oh uh, Rosie Tom Cruise what was the second thing I see I could see Babs showing up well you know Rosie had this whole thing with Tom Cruise I mean and if Tom Cruise can just remote in oh remote in that's the second thing so if broadway.com can really pull this off well you know what they should do what's that we always have a problem with the stream when when do we always have a problem with the stream? <laughs> Tony nomination day. Tony nomination day. Maybe Broadway.com should be doing the Tony nomination day. Maybe Broadway.com should be doing the Tony, Tony, Tony award streaming. Well, if you do, there'll be a $75 surcharge to any uh, viewings that you have. <laughs> All right. So what was next? Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. The next thing was cool. Yeah. This is awesome. So if you can't wait until Sunday, March 22nd to get your fix of show tunes, the the iconic Marie's crisis uh, piano bar. I, I mean, a bar, piano bar club, whatever you want to call it. They have announced that they will be continuing their performances throughout this ridiculous, uh, insane, unprecedented time, but they're going to be doing it virtually. They will have two shifts of pianists playing songs, taking requests, um, they're going to have a four to 7 PM daily and then a seven to nine 30 PM daily. Um, what's cool about this is, is they have, um, specific 
piano players for each of those slots yeah. and they are giving out their Venmo accounts. So if you want to, cause how you do this at piano bars is you tip somebody with your request and that's what they play. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're always also going to have, um, singing servers involved and all this stuff. So I've never been to Marie's crisis. It's one of those things where it, I always want to go, but it usually conflicts with my show schedule. So I am definitely going to be checking this out and I'm hoping on my next trip that I get down there. But, um, this is this is so cool. I, I know this is going to be a highlight for a lot of folks. Um, so check that out. Also, yesterday it was announced that Rattlestick Playwrights Theater will be selling tickets to a view at home recording of their play, The Siblings Play. Um, it will be tickets are on sale now and then beginning on Monday, March 23rd. If you've purchased tickets prior to cancellation, along with these new tickets you can buy, you'll be able to watch a recording of the production until midnight on Sunday, April 5th. This goes along with a lot of the things we've been talking about with equity, making these allowances. Uh, but I think that this is fantastic. Then, James, um, if you are kicking around and looking for something else to watch, Broadway World launched the their or our first ever um, digital senior showcase database. Obviously, so many senior showcases have been canceled, so we are compiling a list of senior showcase videos for graduating seniors and performing arts schools uh, across the country. It is very very cool. I'm very proud of what they did with this. Um, being now that I'm only part time at Broadway World, I only got to see the very finished product before they launched it. Uh, but it's very cool. Lots of great stuff. So check that out. And hopefully it can help some of these seniors uh, get a little bit of a exposure. And then finally, James, sticking with the Broadway World theme, all these sites are trying to find content on Friday at 1 p.m. this Friday, today, March 20th, it, uh, over on Broadway World's Facebook page. We are having a live listening party for the Sondheim Disco album. Um, So if you want to hear it, uh, head over to the Facebook page at 1 p.m. The album is set to be released on March 20th, so you you will be able to download it before that. But this will be a live listen with the creators of the album, Scott Wasserman and Joshua Henke or Hennick. Um, and, uh, it's, it's just so fun. The the tracks I've heard from this are so ridiculous and so fun. What better way than to celebrate Stephen Sondheim's birthday weekend? You know what I'll be doing during that Sondheim disco album listening party? Um, working? No, I'll be doing the floss. Will you be doing the floss? No, I'm not coordinated enough to do the floss. (laughs) My daughter taught me the floss. See, when I was in high school and did like show choir and theater like i could do the choreography but it usually took me so much longer than everybody else to get the choreography but once i got it i got it and i'm not putting in that kind of time to learn the floss because by the time i learn the floss that fad will be over all right well why don't you get us out of here so you can practice (laughs) <laughs> I'm done practicing. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at BWWB Matt. So won't you Patreon people pay Matt to do the floss? You know, it's a video yeah. of Matt learning. T- Matt and me, we could be learning to do the floss together uh, video from uh, Florida to New York. Is not, there is not enough money in There's the world. <laughs> All right. Ashley, where can we find you? Oh, Ashley's not here. All right. My name is James Reno from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. Thanks for uh, wrapping up your week with us and spending some of your Friday. Uh, There's a bunch of things that may happen on Saturday. Uh, Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, You've got your thing with Oliver and I've got my thing with my guy. And uh, did I tell you about my guy? You did not tell me about your guy. 
I didn't tell you about Warren Hoffman, author, scholar, playwright, and a big thinker. He wrote a book called The Great White Way, Race and the Broadway Musical. Warren and I talked and uh, had a great conversation. So that might be in the uh, feed on Saturday. Uh, But Sunday, you know what's happening on Sunday? I'm assuming this week on Broadway, nothing happened. What what is happening? What, What is Sunday? Sunday is Sondheim's birthday. And on this week on Broadway, we're going to do an hour of talking about Stephen Joshua Sondheim. No, no Andrew Lloyd Webber talk? Uh, that's uh, next year. So, um, <laughs> or when he turns 90. Yeah. And then, <laughs> so that is Saturday and Sunday. And then Monday, Matt will be back in your ears with either Ashley or me or maybe all three of us or some variation. Or by myself. But, yeah. Yeah. And I will tell you right now, I have the Amazon page sitting on my browser for Warren Hoffman's The Great White Wave Race and the Broadway Musical. I already had it up before I even knew you talked to him. I had it up to uh, go check it out and make sure I order it. So uh, there you go. Awesome. Great. We'll talk to you soon. 